Okay, look at that joint I just rolled. Gorge. Gorgina. You ready to freaking do this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to We'd Like to Talk with your pals, Jamal. And Hal. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, today, we are just going to have a really fun episode. It's been a while since Hal and I have just kind of sat and chatted and vibed and talked about weed and what's going on. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, today we're going to vibe and I can't wait. I've been missing our ch chats, um, our cultural breakdowns, our thoughts, our opinions. So here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just dive in. Um, I've been paying attention to the news this week a lot, both in, you know, culture news and real news. And there's been a lot going on that mentions weed. Um, some of it really intense and some just like weed adjacent, fun, silly things in the media that I figured we should get high and talk about. I'm in. Sweet. And it's been a while. You know, I was just thinking like we love having guests on, but it's been a minute since it was just your pals, Jamal and Hal. So I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm going to be smoking the um, ice water hash cartridge. Oh, you got the ice water hash I did. I got this from Camp. Camp <laughs> is Northern Nevada's first solventless brand. Um, and so they do all of their con or all of their concentrates and extracts with just water and pressure. Um, their ice water hash is really delicious. And you can order camp from the source Reno. The source is a brand new dispensary in Northern Nevada. Um, they are located off of Longley and McCarran, and you can order for delivery or pickup from blackbirdgo.com. Yeah. And if you want to know more about camp, we did a whole podcast with them last. So go back one episode. Um, but that ice water hash was something that got me excited then. And I haven't bought one yet because I just don't need to buy any more weed right now, but, um, that's definitely on my list. Can you tell me, does it hit refreshingly? It honestly, it really does. Like it tastes great. It tastes like just straight plant and like, it's really smooth. Um, I've been nursing this cartridge for a couple of weeks cause I just like it and I don't want it to go away, but yeah. I really love it. It's a really clean high. And, uh, uh it's just... Oh, we love a clean high. Yeah. We don't want to get dirty <laughs> when we're high. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So this is my thing. I think like for me, at least when I vape, I get much less of like the fog that you get when you're stoned. And like, sometimes when I smoke flower, I feel like I'm wearing like earmuffs and blinders. Like I can only focus on like what is right in front of me, but cartridges yeah. don't really do that to me. And so I really like cards because of that, but it just, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. In that sense, it really does. The term clean makes sense. I agree. I feel like I never really get to the level of stoned. When I smoke out of a cart, I just get like a light buzz. So um, I feel that. And I also, the reason I'm excited about those camp cartridges is because I can't stand that taste, that chemically taste. Yeah. Um, so if we can get rid of that, then I'm all in. <laughs> what are you smoking? I am, I just rolled this little joint of citradelic cookies, flour, and some CBD um, from Mojave. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it hits. I haven't had much of the citradelic cookies yet, but I'm a big fan of, of orange cookies, the strain. It's potentially my favorite, and I couldn't find anything on Blackbird Go last week because they were just sold out of orange cookies and I was sad about it. So I found citradelic cookies, which sounds like same shit. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. What do you like about yeah, it? Excited. Well, orange cookies for me, the, first of all, the flavor is wild. Like it's so yummy. And I don't really usually find myself attracted to the citrus flavors in weed but for some reason i really love the orange cookies and also the high it makes me just like so giggly and fun 
I feel like I have a lot of fun every time. <laughs> but actually, the other night, I had one little nug left of the orange cookies. And it's by, it was by Fleur. Fleur. Remember that brand Fleur. that I don't yeah. know how to pronounce? J'aime bien le Fleur. <laughs> yes, the Fleur. And I um, loved it so much that I was saving it. And we smoked it the other night, Michaela and I. And I accidentally took a couple too many rips from the bong and was a kind of stone that I haven't been in a long time, like to the moon, laughing so hard that I thought I might die because I couldn't catch my breath and my lungs felt like they were going to collapse, you know, that level of high, which was like really fun and also very scary. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, I had my first like really stoned experience in a long time this week as well, or just last week. I had oh, really, yeah, I had a little mini pre-roll. Do you know the there people call them fuzzies when it's like a pre-roll that's rolled in keef? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one was I haven't actually, had one. Really? Yeah, I I've had one. I don't know. I've never I've had like you know infused and back in the day at least they used to be like infused could either mean that like rolled in pre in keef or it could just have like shatter in the pre-roll um but this one was from um california actually and i um you know went to california to you know have a little i didn't somebody smuggled it back for me but um i was gonna say when did you go to california (laughs) (laughs) but it's by a company called jeter and they make little like small bangers that are rolled in keef and I smoked it to myself thinking like oh you know it's just a little small joint I can handle that and I was on my ass like I was stoned to the bone in a way that I haven't been in a long time and I was like just about to go to bed but then just got like giggly and just kind of like zoned out and Jeff was like are you all right that's great I was like I'm great isn't that like it's like the best best and the worst feeling of just like this out I mean it doesn't sound to me like you were out of control but I felt like out of control but it was like very funny the whole time I was like this is so crazy that I'm this high right now we're and Michaela and I are watching the crown right now which I love but it like requires me to be able to focus because it's I don't know it's not like easy tv to watch and I'm oh my god I felt like my brain was spinning at like in a vortex it was wild but (laughs) I survived and here we are We're about to smoke some more hopefully I don't get that turnt but hopefully I get a little turnt so that we can discuss this news with um some some fun you know yeah I love that smoke them if you got them <laughs> okay so let's get into this shit yeah so the first the very first story we're going to start out with a little bit of a not a downer I mean, it is a downer, but it's not like the downer news that we've been experiencing this week in America. It's not that heavy, but we're going to start with our most real story, if you will. And then we're going to work our way into the fun so that we can lift the lift the mood. Um, so the first story is about Biden and the Daily Beast released an article on Friday morning saying it was titled Biden White House Sandbags Staffers Sidelines Dozens for Pot Use. Reefer Sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to start out with that. I love the Reefer Sadness comment. Like, I don't know if it was a categorization thing, but it's just like the headline of the, the article. And I think it's good. So well done. Yeah, I love writer. that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this story is about how several staffers were informally told by transition officials that some past marijuana use would be overlooked only to be told later that they were being asked to resign. Um, You know more about this topic. So why don't you break it down for us? Yeah. So I didn't hear, you know, about Biden. So apparently in this article, it states that um, previously white house staffers were told that they could, you know, say that they, had that they've used cannabis or they could have a history with cannabis but that it would be overlooked because the this administration while not explicitly pro-cannabis uh allegedly was not interested in in continuing that that process and so i got really excited because through the campaign i saw kind of a different focus on cannabis there was much larger conversation around 
cannabis uh, uh, legalization, the impacts of that, as well as people who are still serving in prison. So it to have this happen right at the beginning of somebody's presidency is just really frustrating to me because asking people to resign due to their past cannabis use is just, it doesn't say anything about people who are able to do the job or how they're able to do the job, whether or not someone is the right fit for a job. And it really just links it back to why cannabis was legal in the first place. And cannabis, the reason that cannabis was made legal was very targetedly racist. And it was meant to disenfranchise Mexican immigrants and black communities. And so to see, you know, the, the old, you know, cannabis laws still in use and still impacting people, particularly Joseph Biden's from Pennsylvania, which is has a cannabis medical program. Kamala Harris is from California, the largest recreational cannabis market in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're in DC, where it's also legal to smoke right. cannabis. And so to me, it just is um, a bad look. It looks outdated. It looks out of touch. And it also looks like they are, they're reinforcing those same cannabis prohibition laws and rules and regulations, et cetera, that are built on racism. So it really bothers me, particularly because Kamala Harris, through her campaign, openly said that she has smoked weed in the past. Right. So where's her call for resignation? Like it just right. is not, it's not evenly distributed. And that's mm-hmm. where it becomes an issue because the people who most often are um, you know kept out of jobs, kept out of opportunities because of cannabis use, are most often people of color, right? And I think it's it's really frustrating because while we live in a state where cannabis is legal, there's 11 states with legalized cannabis. There's still 40,000 people in the United States who are in jail for nonviolent cannabis crimes, and I think that that is a huge issue. That that you know. And what is it? I think it says a lot that the administration has decided to take this hardline stance. Um, and I think that it puts, you know, my idea of where federal legalization was going back at least four years. And so, right. yeah, just it, it totally pivots away from the direction that they've been promising on their campaign trail. It's like, don't don't play us like that. Don't tell us that you're going to legalize. And then within the first couple months of you being in the office, you start firing people for smoking weed at some point in their life. Like exactly like you said, what message does that send? And also I want to know what's the point? Why? Like it just, to me, it seems like such a silly thing to fire somebody for past use, especially like they're clearly qualified for all the other reasons that they got hired for. They were told that it wasn't going to be an issue, so they were encouraged to be honest about it. And then that's used against them and they lose their jobs. I just think it's bananas. And also, like, it's not like they're high on the job and start that. Even if they were, that shouldn't be a total issue. But that's not even where this starts. It's just past use. And and exactly to your point of, like, why wasn't Kamala then forced to resign? Like, how did they cherry pick who was forced to resign? And I think it's also frustrating because in in the Daily Beast article, it goes on to explain how, you know, we're just getting the news of the White House staffers who have been asked to resign. So there's so many people who were just disqualified in the job search if they applied to serve in the public in the serve the public in the White House, and they ended up, you know, disqualifying themselves because they wanted to be honest on this application and admit to cannabis use. And so, how many other people? who are, like you said, perfectly qualified to get these positions just were not even looked at because they had cannabis, they had prior experience with cannabis. I would be so upset if I was told specifically that it's okay to admit that you used cannabis on this application and then (laughs) you get fired for that exact thing. It seems insane that you can even do that. Right, yeah. Uh, So, and I think it just is like, it's reiterating this stigma that stoners are lazy and stoners can't work and whatever. And like, how cool to have stoners working in the White House, but then like get fired for openly saying that they, at least at some point, were stoners. And and that's just, 
I don't yeah. know. I think I have such a different view. Obviously, we both do working in this industry, but mm -hmm. it really shows how much work we have to do in breaking down that stigma. Yeah, preach. So let the work begin. Let's walk over to the White House, stomp our feet on the doors and say, right. um, excuse me, stoner is here to prove a point. <laughs> like, hey, you want to burn this, Kamala? What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that they do better. I hope that they come out and they have some sort of reason as to why, but I'm sure they don't. Um, but I'd like to see this story evolve. Like we spoke about it on Friday and I said, to me, it feels like the first part of a story like i'm curious what's going to come next after this especially because there's been quite a large pushback obviously by the cannabis industry whether they pay attention to us or not who knows but i hope this is just part one of a longer story where reparations and things are fixed fingers crossed but i won't right i mean i that's that's what makes me worried as well like for from my perspective cannabis at a federal level has to include a perspective a, a you know a specific focus on people who are serving time and communities who have been destroyed by cannabis prohibition and the war on drugs. And so when something like this happens that, like I said, reinforces cannabis prohibition, it moves us further and further from that goal. And then it creates the avenue of like larger companies who are not impacted by that. And, and they're able to, to move more freely. And just in general, like as a professional in this space, I've had people, you know, give me, uh, give me a hard time about working in cannabis and that they, they always have to give their opinion on the substance itself when they hear that I work in cannabis. And I'm like, right. and, and that is part of that stigma that it's like, this yeah. is now reinforced at the highest level. And I understand that they can't just like say that they don't have to accept it, but like, just take it off the questionnaire then like you're the right. president it's your staff like well, <laughs> right Oy. yeah yeah bananas well fingers crossed that all of those people that got fired um band together start like some offshoot media white house I don't know, stoner company <laughs> that we can support. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Hit us up. We'd love to have people on our show if you were fired for smoking pot from the Biden White yes. House. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's great. Yeah, everyone, if you know anybody that was fired from the White House, send them our way. We would love to have a long, in-depth conversation. I will buy you a blunt. I don't care if it's been, you know, a decade since you smoked weed. First one's on me. I love that. Blunt's on us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a new segment of our podcast. Once <laughs> on us. <laughs> okay, great. So are we ready to get to the next story, which is actually my favorite of the whole day? Yeah. Okay. Next up on News Weed Takes of the Week. <laughs> we are going right into my favorite corner of the internet, and um, I have a very exciting update about my favorite celeb. Ready? Give me a drum roll. Justin Bieber releases a new, <laughs> sorry, I've gone fully into my like, um, wannabe newscaster voice. <laughs> Justin Bieber last week released his sixth studio album, Justice, on all streaming platforms. Um, and it took the world by storm. Uh, this, I sound cheesy, but I'm being honest because it really did. It, you know, stacked to the top lists of Spotify and Apple Music and all, all top 10 spots on the charts are his from this new album. Wow. So good for him. I won't get too into it because it's not about the whole album. The story here is actually about the one single and this is the only thing I want to talk about. Peaches. Have you heard it? I haven't. No, not yet. Oh, God. OK, it's so good. It's my favorite song he's released maybe ever but in a very really? long time for sure wow i'm gonna write that down i'll sing it for you if you want yeah, please. <laughs> i would play it but i think that we'll probably get in trouble for playing it don't you yeah, think maybe. i think okay so the reason why this song is in the weed news media roundup today is because in it he sings about weed which i feel like for justin bieber is a big step you know he sings so much about god these days that's like his topic of you, of, as of late, it's God and his wife is all he sings about. Prior to that, prior to marriage and all his, you know, finding Jesus, he was just singing about normal things that 
pop teenager boys sing about. But in this song, he talks about weed. And, and I feel finally the celebrity that I like the most is getting to a place where I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I've waited so long. Um, so the song is called Peaches. And um, are you ready? I'm going to sing you the chorus. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to speak it. I don't think I can sing it. <laughs> says i get my peaches down in georgia oh yeah shit i get my weed from california that's that shit i took my chick up to the north yeah badass bitch i get my light right from the source yeah yeah that's it that's how it goes wow what do you think stunning come on give me <laughs> give me more than that a lyricist um iconic <laughs> never been done before <laughs> no. no but i i one, I think it's interesting he says he gets his weed in California, considering he is from Canada, mm -hmm. and Canada has legal weed. So, you know, he could have could have shouted out something about Ottawa, or I don't know where the best weed is in California, in, in Canada, but it probably is still in California, so I love that. Yeah, I mean, this is really isn't a great story, I know that. I just am personally, you know, invested <laughs> in this story, so you don't have to, you know, you can be honest with me. I just had to add this in. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I'm just not very familiar. I'm shocked at the fact that it's his eighth album, to be honest. Sixth, sixth. sixth. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of Lana Del Rey. Never mind. <laughs> just, I get them confused all the time. They it's all fine. The same to me. <laughs> white people, that is. Rich people, as I said. I said white people, but you know. Oh, you know. fair. <laughs> Well, I hope that you accidentally swap me out for Justin Bieber in your mind because that'd be cool for me. Yeah, I mean, especially in the 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 goggles and the the goggles, not the, whatever those <laughs> those sunglasses are that look very hetero. It you look just like uh oh them. my fast glasses. Yeah, <laughs> my hetero glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. So but I do we can like move that. on. But I, I always like being able to watch artists grow up. Like, you know, Beyonce. I don't know if you're familiar, but she used to not never heard of her. <laughs> She's <laughs> six studio albums as well, but um maybe seven, I'm not sure. But she used to never cuss. And that mm -hmm. was like a thing. And even in when she was in Telephone with Lady Gaga, and there's mm -hmm. like a cussing part, she like puts her hand on her mouth. Very cute. Um, very but cute. when she released Lemonade, she was like, mm. fuck that. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I got some shit to say and I'm not holding back. Yeah. And so it was, I always like being able to see people and their like styles change them, develop their subject matter, get older as well. And I think that that's, exactly like you said to to have such a large and young audience it's also in, in various different you know he's an international star and so mm -hmm. all around the world and to talk openly about weed while you know in music is not unique but like for his music i think it is and that's cool word and also just for him it's like a nice r&b style song featuring daniel caesar caesar i never know how to say his name so forgive me but i love him and give both two rising stars in the r&b world so to see him pairing with them for a song about weed i couldn't stand harder <laughs> we love old pal boy if you haven't heard us say it before you're gonna hear us say it again right now we love it it's accessible affordable abundant old pal's vision is simple it's just weed man try it now and order yours on blackbirdgo.com okay great let's move on shall we as much as I can tell you're f burning with desire to talk about Bieber for the next hour, we can move forward. <laughs> this is another one that's probably going to get a little bit of a cringe reaction from you because I know you, but to the rest of the world, maybe not. But it's exciting news for the cannabis industry and for our friends over at Can. Um, I saw this on their page this morning and on Twitter and everywhere. Uh, on Ellen's show yesterday, in her opening monologue, she just starts speaking about drinking can, which as I mean, we've talked about can on here before, but they're the edible weed beverages that are cute and delicious. Um, and she just kind of talks about how she was drinking those this weekend 
and how they help her relax. She calls them her little relaxing drinks, um, which I feel like is another moment of someone with a very, very large platform that probably wouldn't regularly speak about consuming weed to their audience was just like very casually openly like, yeah, I was drinking my weed drinks this weekend. Um, what do you think about that? Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. I know it's Ellen, but let's just, you know, let's have two conversations here. Okay. <laughs> one, one that pertains to Ellen and the other that just is about can being mentioned on a main stage. Okay. First, I definitely know, you know, it must be really difficult hanging out in luxury box theater seats with war criminals um, and that it must be just really hard being so wealthy and underpaying all of your staff that you have to, you know, relax from that. And so I'm really glad that she's going to find something to help her. Um, but I do think that it's amazing how weed has progressed. I mean, when I started working in weed, it was still was very hush hush. And like, I didn't, I was nervous about telling people what I did. Um, and there, you would never see someone like Ellen DeGeneres five years ago um, mm. saying that, that she smokes weed. And if she did, she'd probably like distance herself from it quite a bit. So to have a plug like that, well done, Can, well done, um, their whole team, because that's a lot of hard work. And I think um, for Ellen specifically, you're right, she, she has a lot of different demographics that, that follow her and watch her. And so to have, you know, an older woman consuming cannabis openly, that's huge. Um, yeah. You wish to God that she had a better, you know, moral backbone and that she could stand for something other than profit. But, you know, that's a different conversation. <laughs> that's the take I was looking for. Sips, <laughs> sips your cold. Um, please tell me that's Baja Blast by Mountain. You no, know, my anti-corporate juice. Baja Blast, TM, <laughs> Mountain Dew's exclusive Taco Bell collab. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, here's the thing, though, also about this can story is I think celebrities are really excited to back can, not just because I think can's an incredible product, but I think the packaging and the thoughtfulness around how they created this brand to be, it doesn't, it's very intentionally packaged as like a cute um, fun, relatable drink in a way that not most cannabis products are marketed. And it's clearly working for them. I mean, they have Chelsea Handler basically parading around Hollywood, giving the cans out. I mean, that's even what Ellen said in her opening. She said, I had to try these because my friend Chelsea Handler like wouldn't shut up about them. <laughs> so like good for Chelsea, but also the story of all of that is that like, you don't see Chelsea walking around with blunts in Hollywood. I don't think there'd be the same reaction. But because can is cute and it's a drink and it's packaged beautifully, I think that there's something there. It's the, the whole brand experience makes it more um, friendly and like less intimidating to be like, oh, yeah, I drink weed. Look at this cute little can. Yeah. Um, so I think it's an interesting study in branding and and cultural movements around, you know, how you can repackage the same product and get a totally different reaction. Also, the power of the gays. Mm. The founders yes. of Can are gay. And so I just love, you know, any anything that's affiliated with a gay person. I don't care who it is. Even Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I'm going to support. <laughs> are you sure? In some capacity, okay? I can call her in, yeah. but she's still, you know, she's family and so yeah so we have to we have to work through that um but <laughs> you know i i think that that there's a lot to be proud of I, for cannabis and for for lgbt people because that's really exciting to be able to see both like the network building that has to go into something like that in order to you know build an influencer uh, kind of program in the way that can has, or at least just to like influence literal culture in, yeah. in California. And I think that in such a regulated market, like that is hard to do. I can say with experience, that's hard to do. And so kudos to them. Yeah. And kudos to the mother, Ellen DeGenerate for, I mean, DeGeneres for being, <laughs> um, being was... open to Canada. <laughs> 
hopefully she has more. Like, let's hope she that starts her day with those canned drinks and maybe she'll, Chill you out. know, change a little. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But I, I agree with you. I feel like I, I get excited about any news about can doing well because I believe in their founders and I believe in their team and not only just because they're gay, but that is definitely a cool asset. I think they're cool people. And I, I see the way that they're maneuvering the market in kind of roundabout ways and they're doing it very successfully and it's fun to watch um so yeah kudos to them and also if you are interested in drinking can you can order them right now on blackbirdgo.com and have it delivered to you within whatever time window you want <laughs> <laughs> no can is a really awesome <laughs> awesome product um they their focus is on microdosing, and so you i think each can is like three and a half milligrams of cannabis and so you're not going to get you know totally slammed by drinking one you're just going to feel a little bit loose but they also um yeah. they they sell them in in packs so that if you want to get slammed just slam a few extra cans slam some cans that's going to be another segment of our podcast let's get together and slam cans wow like awesome um, i like to style. slam some <laughs> Yes. Smash them on our heads. <clears throat> okay, great, great. Let's move on to the next story in weed media this week. Okay, so I have to be honest, this one I'm not totally like in on, but I saw it and it looks cool. Um, Chopped, the TV show about food, uh, the cooking show, is coming out with a new spinoff series called Chopped 420 that'll be airing on Discovery Plus starting on 420, April 20th. Um, this looks interesting to me because they are hiring or featuring, I should say, some pretty cool chefs that are already pretty big in the cannabis industry. One of them, the, the where I found this news was on Chef Maverick's Instagram. Um, and Chef Maverick seems like a badass who I want to watch do anything, let alone cook. So the cool thing about this show is that everything is going to be infused with cannabis and I think it's going to be very like fun weed talks. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the judges were high while they try the weed. I, who knows? But it seems fun. Do you watch Chopped? I do. I've watched a lot of Chopped. I think it'll be interesting to see. So I'm always interested. You know, the weed cooking shows. There's like Bong Appetit and um some other you know there's a handful of them and i like watching them but i'm a cooking show fanatic and okay, i great. feel like there's just so much more there's too much weed and not enough cooking in some of those okay and then i think as like it's a hard line because you either get too much weed and not enough cooking or you get too like too lost in the weed if you will too grand lost in the weeds <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, the chefs that they bring on in a lot of these shows they're very clearly knowledgeable and know you know what they're talking about and things but i feel like i'd almost rather see gordon ramsay with thc oil and just like getting everybody obliterated on accident because he has no idea what he's doing um, <laughs> but and that's the other part too is that it's almost because the focus is so much on the weed, it becomes predictable. It's like, okay, they're going to start you with high THC and then the dessert's going to have CBD to bring you down. And like that becomes the formula. Oh, yeah, I've watched a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay, this is great. Like I came into this story with absolutely no opinions. So <laughs> I'm glad that you have some opinions on it. Um, I, I feel like surprised that you have such a opposing view to what I would have expected you to have being a chopped fanatic that you're kind of like, eh, like, let's get back to the food. I don't care so much about the weed. Well, the thing is, is like, the market is very nascent. You know what I mean? It's very new. And so there's they like, either will talk about just the flower in those shows, or they talk about products and products are not available everywhere. So it becomes this mm -hmm. like, if you know, you know, it feels almost like a cool kids club in some aspects. And then particularly for me working in the industry, I can see very obviously all of the product placement, all of the like plugs, et cetera. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Get your bag where you can get it. And it's mm -hmm. exciting as well. But then it just like loses, I think, the 
cooking aspect. And it's like, I watch cooking shows to see people make things I could, I was not able to make. Yeah. And, and though the, the weed cooking shows that I've seen, a lot of the time it feels almost like work because it's like focusing on brands and I'm like writing things down and I'm like, can't just relax. <laughs> and, or it just is like, like I said, too basic where it's like, here we have this weed and this is the strain and that's the only information. Sure. And it's like, well, that doesn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder what this one will be like because Chopped already has such a platform and a history and like a following that I wonder if it'll be just as far as the culture and the, you know, the stigma around cannabis. Will this show make more of an impact because it's already got that mainstream audience whereas like bong appetit and some of these other ones they started in the niche of weed and maybe right. they like aren't expanding to the audiences that would typically watch that does that make sense yeah that's what i was thinking too that there there will be more of a structure you know whereas i feel like it's yes there's the competition side and the weed thing but it almost feels like a novelty because all of it is so novel so i'd almost rather just watch like a rachel ray versus yeah. a cooking competition yeah so rachel ray if you're trying to get into weed i would watch that yeah i would do <laughs> should we try and get on one <laughs> yeah as judges definitely <laughs> or something yeah because i guess i can't cook so i mean yeah, i can me cook either. a little i mean you I guys cook want a little um we have paired your delicious top ramen with this <laughs> pen. So what you have to do is hit the vape pen first before eating your top ramen and then enjoy. Um, this is the um, Camarón Caliente flavor mm. of mm. Marushan top ramen with limon. So really delicious. <laughs> limon. <laughs> yeah, I would just add some um, tincture into the, the ramen broth. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love that. And we have yeah. Chromatica Oreos in dunked in mm. oil for dessert. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yum. Anything Chromatica Oreos just with some weed milk? Perfect. Great. Done. Dip it in a can. Why not? Have you had the Chromatica? No, I told you I can't find them anywhere. Oh, yeah. You, you just, said just it was horrible. Until, wait until you've eaten them before you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it was bad, which is really disappointing. You no, know, I would follow Lady Gaga into the fiery pits of hell, but I will not eat another Chromatica cookie. <laughs> <live>. <laughs> oh, my God. Quick background for anybody that's not as big of a Chromatica fan as us. Um, <laughs> Lady Gaga came out with Chromatica, her album, her latest album, Fun. themed oreo cookies and they are apparently horrid in flavor but they look amazing they yeah they just taste like um like i i just i don't even know it tastes like a rejected holiday flavor like it was supposed to be those sugar cookies you know mm. with the thick frosting and the sprinkles yeah. on the top, but like left in the car forgotten about for a few weeks and then oh. um already had too much baking soda in the recipe. So, you know, might as well just throw them out. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> now that is a hot take. I'm going to send this right to Lady Gaga's DMs. You no, know I do it. Tell her, DM me, true gay icon. I will fight you in hand-to-hand -hand combat <laughs> or dance-off, whatever you'd like. Oh, that, <laughs> that for sure. We need the dance-off. Wow. Well, I thought it was a fun idea, a fun marketing venture for her to step into the world of Oreos. Why not? You know, you know, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My thoughts have changed. Bitter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Time to move forward. <laughs> Let's move off of Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Um, okay, so another celebrity story here. This is the last celeb story of the day. Um, and I'm sure most people who are in the weed world are bored with hearing about Seth Rogen's weed company. But I just wanted to share this because it shows you the impact of celebrities when they open a weed brand. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Seth Rogen has a weed brand. It's called Houseplant. Fun fact, it's been open and thriving in Canada for years, um, but it just recently came to U.S. markets and it basically took the U.S. market by storm. Um, they sold out of everything within like, I don't know, some crazy number like hours. 
and even all of their merch and um, I don't even think they call it merch. It's like fine goods, home goods. There's a $220 table lighter. They sold out of those. So, you know, take that for what you will. Um, but yeah, the levels of the traffic on their website were so insane. The site kept crashing that they eventually had to rebuild the website with a um, an online waiting room because people were there so much, even after the weed had all sold out, people were just still flooding the site. So I think this is interesting because Seth Rogen has huge power in the weed world, just culturally. And he came to the States with his brand and made a ton of money. Yeah, I don't know. I think his, I like his brand. I'm a sucker for it. I will be honest. I have been since the first time I saw it probably two years ago. It's very 70s retro vibe, which is my vibe completely. That's the aesthetic I'm attracted to. Um, but I wasn't about to wait two hours in line to try and buy some of his weed or spend $220 on a lighter. Yeah, I haven't um, looked at all. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, I heard about this happening and I saw like all the news about it, but, and I heard most specifically about the, um, table lighter because of how crazy it was, Mm -hmm. but I, (sighs) several, several things. One, how the hell did they corner the name houseplant on Instagram? That's insane to me. Money. That's it. They, they had to knock somebody out and pay them a million dollars. That's crazy. So then the other thing is that I just don't like. (sighs) Uh Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing about cannabis legalization is that it like becomes very quickly inaccessible and not that I think like the point of this is to not be accessible. Um, I think it's supposed to be luxury. And so it's supposed to be a little bit exclusive and have that feel to it. But I get frustrated with that because it has this impact on the rest of the industry. And eventually like it increases prices of very normal things because people see that things will still sell for that, et cetera. And so I just get frustrated when there's someone with such a name who's able to just like jump in like that and to also be on both the flower and the like paraphernalia side is, excuse me, the accoutrement side is, <laughs> is um, you know, great for him. But again, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. It's the same conversation around Jay-Z, right? He's launched this like super exclusive high-end weed brand that no one can afford because, or I mean, rich people can afford. And it's like, what is that going to do for the rest of the industry? And I mean, I think it's it was bound to happen when big ticket names enter the market and similar to the alcohol industry, they all eventually come out with their own tequila brand, right? Like that's what's happening already and i am surprised by seth rogan's approach a little bit what's what's interesting to me is like i said i've been watching it since it was in canada and all these new accoutrements are new to the u.s market and so that's interesting because in canada he's just had like your basic weed brand that had good branding and had his name attached but it wasn't more expensive than everything else it was better like i'd say the branding was very thoughtful and you could tell that there was a lot of money behind the branding but as far as the plant and the products goes, it seemed like it was pretty straightforward with everything else. So it's interesting that he came to the US market and it seems a lot more exclusive. It has these like funny things and probably because he knew that with a big launch, he could like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say that he knew, but there was definitely intention behind like elevating the brand to be more, um, yeah, luxury. It's interesting though. Car lighter. Car lighter. Okay. He's really car lighter. Car lighter. That makes me uncomfortable. Well, I love his um, ashtray set. I will be honest. (laughs) I'm a sucker for some ceramic goods and I know that he makes ceramics and I think that's cute to have a little joint holder with your coffee or whatever you want to call that. But um, I haven't seen the car lighter. Where's that? Um, It's their most recent post. Oh, on Instagram? On their Instagram, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting, too, because we'll see different approaches. And that's always the thing about about anything that's new is that there's always going to be people who do it in a different way, people who do it cheaper, who do it faster. And so I wouldn't be um, surprised if you can already buy very similar products for half the price, because that's just the way that capitalism is. But I think it also like leaves the room then for um, people with different ideas. And I just hope that there's the same level of like interest when people are who don't have that backing or don't, who don't have that name. Mm-hmm. And people are willing to pay $220 for a table lighter that <laughs> someone yeah. else. Which I mean, I'm sure that, that there is that. There's always going to be that within any kind of market or industry but I just I don't know I think I'm I feel a little bit like an old timer and it's like seeing all the the um the new blood come in it's scary I think it's a little unsettling yeah see I my gut reaction seeing this stuff is is excitement I'm like woo, like fun new like this looks unlike anything I've seen and there I get suckered into that perspective and then I also sit and look at it for a few minutes and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I will be honest, the Jay-Z pre-roll that was announced for like $51 or something, that I had a different reaction right out of the, the gate. <laughs> right out of the gate. I was like, this seems very exclusive and intentionally so, and I don't know if I love that. Um, <clears throat> and also Jay-Z's branding, they made some weird choices with the budget that they have that some of us would kill to have. Um, but, you know, teach their own. We'll see. It's going to be interesting as more and more celebrities and rich people break into this market and what it does for the rest of us. Yeah. Okay, great. Also, just quick tidbit. I just have to share this because it's funny, but that picture I posted of of Seth Rogen in my Hofgoods t-shirt. <laughs> I cannot believe that, number one, anyone believed that. I photoshopped it. <laughs> And number two, that it got the traction that it got. Um, I had so many people reach me personally, text out, text me and say, congratulations, this is huge. Oh my God. <laughs> and it also happened to be the same day or like the day after that he announced his weed brand in the States. So people were like, oh, this makes sense. My <laughs> shirt's about weed. Um, anyways, I just thought it was so funny because that photo to me looks clearly photoshopped and also it's a photo of him from like 12 years ago so right? it's <laughs> you know whatever but fun fact that that happened I, and it was funny and i had to zoom i had to zoom multiple times because i was like that this looks fake but i'm really not sure and <laughs> then when i was like no like she just launched these shirts like i'm it's like wrinkled it looks like a, a fairly worn in shirt right maybe not but <laughs> Well, I love it that you know what that means my Photoshop skills are getting better, which I will take as a compliment. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny how I I really didn't think I was going to fool anybody with that. And I fooled a lot of people. The city of Reno retweeted it. So (laughs) ayo. We love that. Uh, Okay, moving on. Hometown hero. Off goods. Yeah, my only claim to fame, and guess what? It wasn't even real, so too bad for me, huh? (laughs) Fake. (laughs) Fake news. Uh, Okay, this next story is just something that's cool for the industry, and it looks really um, well done. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to. Vanity Fair partnered with PAX Labs on a three-part mini docuseries called The Human Toll, How the War on Cannabis Targeted targeted Black America. Um, yeah, so it's on Vanity Fair's website and some people that we work with and know in the industry have worked on this project too. Um, Mary Bailey from The Last Prisoner Project was where I found out about this. And I know that she worked on it personally as well as the rest of the team at Last Prisoner Project. Um, along with the Marijuana Policy Project, Law Enforcement Action Partnership, and the Brookings Institution. Um, They came together to share the racist origin of the war on drugs. Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I hadn't heard this. That's really exciting. And good for PAX Labs to, I'm sure they put some money behind that. That's awesome. 
yeah, I watched just the first couple minutes of the intro so I could have a taste of what it was. And it looks really beautifully done. Like it looks like a, a real professional documentary and I'm really excited to watch it. I'm going to watch it when we're done here. Awesome. I'm going to put that on my list to watch too. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll link that in, in this episode's uh, information so that people can watch it. Yeah, definitely. I, so this is so exciting because we tried, you know, just last week we were talking about the racist origin of cannabis prohibition and there's just so much that is very layered and it go it touches on so many different parts of American history that it really does take three parts at least to tell the story fully. And so mm -hmm. I'm excited to see. And the fact that they're working with The Last Prisoner Project makes me even more excited because the Last Prisoner Project is one of, you know, many groups, but they are one that is actively engaged both in the burgeoning industry as well as still bringing it back to the people who are still in prison. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is such an awesome opportunity for that story to be told. It's unfortunate, you know, that it has to, that it's been this long, quite frankly, and that we're still facing the effects of people losing their jobs or losing access to their jobs due to cannabis use. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that this is an important part of that destigmatization, like getting people to understand all of this, all of the cannabis prohibition laws against drugs, et cetera, and the war on drugs was specifically targeted at black and brown communities. I think that that's like the most important takeaway um, for any yeah. cannabis user, anybody who's cannabis adjacent, anyone who is who is um, living in a cannabis in a state where legal where cannabis is legal. I think it's really important to understand. Living in a cannabis world. Yeah, <laughs> um, I totally agree. I think it's going to be cool. Also, that it's living on the Vanity Fair website. Like what? Wow. What is? I, that's an interesting partnership to me, um, and I'm curious to see what role Vanity Fair plays in it. Is it just that they're lending their platform to the cannabis world or is it a partnership? It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but we could, we can watch it and we'll come back on our next pod with some thoughts, reviews, oh feelings. Okay. I'm going to encourage you to take another hit of weed before we get into this last story <laughs> because this one's weird and it's actually not a weed story at all. <laughs> So forgive me, but I just had to add it in. <laughs> All right. So the last story of our podcast today. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you buckled up? Are you high? Is this a story about the shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> today we discuss the story of cinnamon toast shrimp oh, <laughs> taking God. Twitter by storm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, okay, so the only reason that I'm actually sharing this is, well, one, because it's so funny and weird, and two, I saw a tweet today that said, um, someone needs to name a cannabis strain cinnamon toast shrimp, and I feel like that's so funny, and <laughs> I'm going to lean on that as what makes this a weed story. <laughs> a hybrid. Cinnamon toast shrimp is definitely a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I feel like I'm on cinnamon toast shrimp all the time. Like I think <laughs> that's that's what I would name my weed strain. You asked me that once a couple seasons ago, a couple podcasts ago about what would I name my weed strain and I don't remember. I said something like Ocean Breeze, which was the lamest answer one could have ever had. I update it to coconut. <clears throat> oh, coconut shrimp. <laughs> cinnamon toast shrimp. Okay. Holy cow. So this story is just very silly thing that's happening on Twitter. This guy um, found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch box and um, brought it to Twitter as one does in 2021. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he posted a picture of these shrimp tails that are covered in cinnamon sugar, just like the cereal. And he was like, hey, cinnamon toast crunch, what? why is there shrimp in my bag of cereal? And they... This is where the story gets interesting. They basically like gaslighted him back and they were like, what are you talking about? That's clumps of sugar. Um, <laughs> and he was like, no, it's not. And like did all these zoom in photos of the actual, you can tell it's shrimp, but how disgusting. That's so when I saw it, I couldn't, 
tell because the first tweet that I saw was like someone trying to explain like what it was or the second you know it had already gone through so I had to go back in the thread and look but my favorite thing was that when he first tweeted he's like hey cinnamon toast crunch why are these shrimp in my bag and he's like this is not a bit and I was like <laughs> yeah, I know. that's the most relatable part of that whole tweet that I was like wow that is gonna be me someday if I ever have to break something important on Twitter I have to be like this oh is my god yeah heads up this actually is me being serious for the first time ever yeah <laughs> oh god it's so funny okay so if anyone wants to see this if you haven't already it's jensen carp it's his twitter that's where the action's happening um but the crazy thing is it doesn't stop there so if you said you haven't seen anything but the first tweets let me fill you in he finds a bunch of black shit baked into some <laughs> baked into the other cinnamon toast crunchies like black it looks like little poops <laughs> your face is exactly how i feel little black poops baked into the rest of the cinnamon toast crunch in the same bag where there was shrimp tails then he upon further inspection also finds um what looks like dental floss that's like gross and some other just like weird little pellet looking things and so then all of Twitter's going crazy trying to identify what these objects might be. And they come to think that maybe it's rats or mice that had poop and maybe they were like eating the shrimp or something, somehow brought it in. I don't know, the, the shrimp part's maybe not connected, but the black poops and the mice and the rats connected. And maybe the like dental floss was like something to do with being digested by a mouse. So. <laughs> I don't think I can ever eat cinnamon toast crunch again. I'm having such a hard time saying all of this because it sounds insane to say, but like this is what's happening. <laughs> and so he got it at a uh, Costco. So the cinnamon toast crunch box is one of those big ones that has two bags in it. And the second bag was duct, it's like not duct taped, clear taped at the bottom. Like it was clearly affected and had been taped back together so there's a big mystery and a scandal going on with is this that even legal no i can't imagine it is like that means it's been tampered with right <laughs> oh my god anyways so it's just been really funny the memes are absolutely insane as you can imagine i'm currently looking at a cinnamon toast crunch box of cereal that says with real shrimp tails oh, um man. <laughs> oh yeah i saw somebody had an oreo um with a shrimp in it and it said wow i love this cinnamon toast shrimp oreo um combo <laughs> oh my god it's so funny so he's just been like live tweeting all day updating on this story and he's currently taking the bag of cereal to a lab to get it tested to see what it is um which i think is great anyways and he was the whole funny part for me also was he like he was like i actually discovered this after eating a couple bowls of the cereal so he's now worried that he might have rat poisoning oh my god <laughs> see that that is my biggest nightmare oh my god I me have too like a weird okay a long time ago i was told a horror story about somebody finding a rat in a drink or a mouse in a drink they had what They're like at the bottom of the drink and trying to get the last ounce and something like whoop, like <gasps> yeah no. and since then i've had a fear of things being in my food and i'm just not going to be eating cereal for the next like six months until i forget about god, it god i know okay i have two stories for you about that that are gonna make your screen skin crawl you ready yeah one i'm gonna start with the less bad one i was in africa and i was drinking a cocktail and at the bottom of my cocktail or like it was just the last couple of sips I went to take my last sip and it was like a long tall cylindrical glass and comes shooting down a fucking cockroach like this <laughs> this like massive and not even like an American cockroach like an African beetle like you are in Africa cockroach. yeah like I'm in and it was when we were like camping in the bush so like it was legit like a big wild african bug oh my god and i threw the glass shattered the glass got cocktail all over me because i was just like so scared Ugh! and i was drunk too so it was just like very overwhelming in the moment to just see this giant 
beetle coming at my face. Um, and the second story, I so I'm sorry to everybody who's listening. Trigger warning: I mentioned maggots, um, <laughs> but I was in sixth grade and I was eating oatmeal in the morning and I ate almost the whole bowl until I just stopped and looked down and saw that my oatmeal was crawling. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't know how many maggots I ate that day, but it had to have been at least a few. And um, yeah, I was like pretty sick to my stomach for like two days over that. I couldn't really I get would over never it. eat oatmeal again. It took me a really long time like a really long time i was pretty against oatmeal because even now to this day i look at it and i'm like is that moving because it just looked like oats yeah Ugh. yeah ptsd oh but yeah <laughs> god, thank god not that i know of at least anything to that effect i did have one time when we were in the middle east uh we were at this restaurant eating shawarma and um, yeah. In the Middle East, they serve it either as wraps or on a platter. When you get it as mm -hmm. a platter, it's just a whole pound, like, you know, pile of meat. And so we're like eating it. My dad crunches on something really hard and was like, Ugh. what the hell? And he pulls out a piece of gravel. Oh, wow. He was like, <laughs> what is this? And he calls the waiter over and he's like, I think this is a rock. And the waiter goes and he looks at it and he's like, yeah, that's a rock. And then he just threw it out the door and went about his day. <laughs> I was like, it was my first time in the Middle East and we oh had, we were in Palestine. We had already gone through Jordan and Dubai. So I was like somewhat prepared of like culturally what to expect, you know, mm. but I just was like, oh, <laughs> he didn't that's so funny. I hope fuck. I aspire to get to that level of not giving a fuck. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, chucks it out. It's like, like yep. enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's so funny. Well, what a fun note for us to end on. Yeah. <laughs> Our squeamish food experiences where we oh, ate things we weren't supposed to. Oh, man. Oh, I also once, so we used to keep zatar and hen. Do you know what zatar is? Mm-hmm. Um, and henna in the same cabinet. Henna, okay. for everybody who doesn't know, is is like a powder, or it's a uh dye people use it to put henna on their hands or you can use it for your hair um and it's like a cultural thing but it, it is a powder a very fine powder and it's like earthy dark red brownish color yeah. um and zatar is a dark green okay. but it has sesame seeds and so i was like why doesn't this zatar have sesame seeds that's so weird. And I'm probably like, I don't know, in the third grade, maybe. Okay. And then I made myself where, you know, I put some oils, grab some bread and grab a little plate full of henna and just started eating it and was like, <coughs> <laughs> it tastes like dirt and like, yeah, well, because it basically is, isn't nasty. it? Like <laughs> yeah. And, and I just was like, oh, my God. And my mom, I was, like, crying and screaming. My mom's like, what did you eat? And I was like, that's Zatar. And she's like, baby, that's henna. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. And then I was afraid that my whole mouth was going to be dyed red. Yeah, I was wondering, if, like, your what came out of your body. Was it the color of henna for a couple weeks? Wow, because I, I don't would imagine. Even, I don't even remember. But I don't think I ate enough because it tasted so bad that I just, like, immediately spit it yeah. out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I wish I could say the same about the maggots. <laughs> oh, God. That, that, I don't know if I'd ever recover from that. Oh, uh, well, here's what I'll tell you. At the time, the reason that happened is because it was when my parents, they used to buy the packets, the little like individual packets of oatmeal and keep them in our pantry. And I guess mice or some, I don't know, just maggots somehow entered our house. Gross. Don't want to talk about that. Sorry to expose you, parents. But, um, <laughs> Um, ever since I've kept my oats in like a glass mason jar sealed shut, nothing's getting in there. So lesson learned. Love that. Okay. <laughs> Love that. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for joining me in this news chat, this weed chat in the mainstream media today. Did you have fun? Yeah, I loved it. I learned a lot actually. Good. I hope that you stream Peaches by Justin Bieber the second this is done. I'm going to. <laughs> if I could, I would have it playing in the background for the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs>
just imagine it. Everybody go to Spotify real quick. If you're not listening to this on Spotify and, uh, you know, throw it on, put it on in the background, just Mm -hmm. and on loop and then come back and listen to this episode again. (laughs) Definitely. Exactly. And if you want the, the even better experience, go to Tiny Desk Concert, Justin Bieber and watch the Peaches performance there. It's nice. Oh, nice. Just a pro tip. <laughs> and if you really, really want to bring it all together, before you do any of that, go to blackbirdgo.com, order some weed, get it delivered, get ripped, and chill get out. Ripped. That was the plug of the century. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and supporting. We'd like to talk. If you like what we're doing here, we would love it if you subscribe to our podcast and hell, maybe even gave us a rating. That'd be cool. Um, follow us at Shop Blackbird Go on Instagram and Blackbird Go everywhere else. Uh, we love you and thanks for hanging. <laughs> Bye. See you next time. <laughs>